Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is John Van Trieste. And the destination Treasure Hill, Taipei, the 1960s. The settlement of Treasure Hill is a place that plays by its own rules. The network of paths and staircases that connects everything together winds as it pleases, defying ideas like planning and grids. And the place also seems to be resisting, pushing back to keep out the city that surrounds it. When you come here, you're still in the heart of Taipei, but inside this maze of concrete bungalows surrounded by green, that's easy to forget. Treasure Hill stands alone on a hillside looking out over a river, a world unto itself. The place has a romantic, bohemian feel to it, and so it probably won't surprise you to learn that today, Treasure Hill is an artist's colony. But that's not how this place started out. Treasure Hill's place in Taiwan's history is in an era where an improvised hillside community like this might be overlooked and left to develop on its own. This week, Wu Dakun of the Taipei Artist Village takes us back in time to watch how this unusual piece of Taipei grew. The hill by the riverside here was known for a long time before it became today's Treasure Hill. The Buddhist temple that still guards this place is said to date back several hundred years to the time of the Qing Dynasty. Treasure Hill's position, right beside the Xinjian River, made it a great source of water, and during the Japanese colonial period, early in the 20th century, this stretch of river supplied Taipei's early water system. In the run-up to World War II, though, this place began to be associated with the military, an association that's still there today. During those years, the Japanese authorities stationed an anti-aircraft emplacement here, Mr. Wu says that traces from this period, like an air raid shelter, can still be seen around here if you know where to look. But it was only after World War II that this place became a community. Mr. Wu says that despite the end of the war, Taiwan was still on a military footing during these post-war years. After the war, control over Taiwan had been given to the nationalist KMT government based in China. But just a few years after the handover, this new government found itself overwhelmed fighting Chinese communists as the Chinese Civil War heated up. Finally, the entire government was forced to retreat to Taiwan. From this base, so recently taken from Japanese control, the KMT hoped to one day retake mainland China. And this dream, coupled with the threat of communist invasion, kept the government preoccupied. Many soldiers and families had fled to Taiwan with the government, and some of them settled in Treasure Hill. The veterans decided to stay. Unlike the government housing provided to many of these refugee soldiers, every one of the homes on Treasure Hill was an exercise in DIY construction. The homes were built well. They're still standing today, after all. And while these houses were never legal, the government had other things to worry about, and the dwelling stayed put under a tacit understanding. 
有些在呃城市的发展的快速变更时期，那许多从中南部上海打拼的民众，他们也选择在这个地方落。Meanwhile, by the 1960s, an influx of people had begun arriving in Taipei from the center and south of Taiwan, looking for work and opportunities in the big city. In Treasure Hill, these new arrivals from the countryside and an assortment of others found a place where they could build their own home and live inexpensively. Conditions here were never great, even quite basic, but there were always people who were willing to set down roots here. In the 1970s, this squatter settlement was reaching its peak size. The cluster of houses we see today was in place, and the government either couldn't or wouldn't take notice of this community. For a time, people just left the place alone to be as it was. Then, in 1980. The riverfront area here was declared a water conservation zone, and the tangle of buildings that had risen up here was slated to be torn down. Again, at points during the early and mid 1990s, the community was threatened with demolition. But both times, the pushback from residents was fierce. 啊，一些 NGO 啊，艺术家们来到这边，然后包含台大城乡所啊。And the second time around, they had allies. Many residents, it turned out, were simply people who couldn't afford to move anywhere else. And at the same time, some others began to look around and see a sort of beauty in what the residents had created—something worth preserving. No less than Taiwan's top school got involved, with people from National Taiwan University's Graduate Institute of Building and Planning coming over to do surveys and other work at the site. Social enterprises also jumped on board to lend a hand, and so there was a coalition on the resident side. A settlement would have to be reached one way or another. That settlement was gradually reached in the 2000s. 那把这个地方呃就推动用一种文字。It was announced that the place would be turned into a space for the arts, and in 2003, a Finnish architect who'd taken an interest in the site was invited to help. His vision for the site has preserved much of its original character, and Mr. Wu says that the original residents can still recognize the place as home. 当年那个师傅有不同的选项给他们来做选择，一个是呃领了补偿金之后呢。These residents were not simply evicted, but given the option to take compensation money and move elsewhere, or if they wished to stay and live among the new community of artists. There wouldn't be as much compensation money, but all of the buildings were fixed up nicely. Since the Taipei Artists Village moved in in 2010, 20 of the households that elected to stay are still here, living in the same places they've lived for decades. He says these households put together account for around 60 people. A Taipei Times article from the project's start in 2003 suggests that some of the residents were confused or resentful about the changes, but Mr. Wu says that these days everyone has reached an understanding and coexists quite well here. Resident artists come from all over Taiwan and across the world, putting vacant buildings to use as studio spaces. Mr. Wu says they work in a variety of fields, including visual arts, but also other areas like metalworking and performing arts. There are living quarters available for visitors from around the world, and the artist's village also runs an experimental school. But the old-time residents who decided to stay, those military men and others who built this community, have not been forgotten. 
They're an integral part of this community, and they're invited to get involved too, to participate in oral histories, forums, and performances. What the government once viewed as a nuisance is now appreciated, even showing up in guides to Taipei as a recommended place to visit. A big reversal of fortunes in a few years. But in addition to bringing in the tourists, the artist's village has preserved Treasure Hill and allowed those who started it all to continue their lives here peacefully, free from threats of demolition. The Treasure Hill community may be historic, but what about the place makes it significant? What part of history is it meant to represent, and what stories is it meant to tell visitors? For Mr. Wu, this is something of a time capsule where you can see a society in a stage of urbanization. At the same time, the special architecture and the fact that it's been left standing also tells a modern Taiwanese story of citizens making their voices heard and choosing to preserve part of their city. And then there's the act of revitalizing a space, of taking something old and giving it a new use. This is something Taiwan's gotten good at in recent years. In these three ways, this place reflects the story of modern Taipei. The scattered hillside dwellings that were once a symbol of post-war disarray now invite people to explore them. But they're still as proudly independent as they've ever been. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another journey through time. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw.